You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we look to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. I'm Phil, and today I am joined by Michelle Thielen, the founder of Yoga Faith. This is an episode that is really important to me personally. It's close to my heart because I received my training as a yoga instructor through Yoga Faith. So Michelle came on the podcast to discuss this intersection of life, faith, and yoga, especially what yoga can offer us as Christians, this embodied practice where we unite our mind, body, and spirit. So she helps answer some important questions that Christians often have concerning yoga. She shares a little from her own story, guides us in a breathing practice that can help center us in the moment, talks a little bit about the importance of being upside down, and more. I think this is an episode you will definitely enjoy, and I think it is an invitation to a practice that can bear so much fruit, that can offer us so much in terms of the issues of our life, the trauma that our body carries and is just a beautiful, amazing way to hear the still small voice of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as we worship our amazing God with our heart, with our mind, with our body, with our spirit, with everything that we have. So friends, thank you for joining us for this episode. I pray it's a blessing, that it's challenging, and that it is encouraging. So brothers and sisters, without further ado, here is my discussion, my interview with Michelle well, Michelle, welcome to the Rua Space Podcast. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for having me. It's such a huge honor. I've been really excited about this for a while. So it's finally here. This is great. Yes. So I'm hoping you could just kind of kick us off with a breathing exercise, a little bit different than how we normally would start a guest interview. But I know, especially with so much going on in the world right now, maybe just to help center people a little bit. Absolutely. Do you mind if we start with prayer? Yes, please. Awesome. It'll be a breath prayer, I guess. All right. I'll <laughs> let you go for it. All right. So let's just exhale. Take a nice big exhale. Just letting go and creating space for God. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just be with us. I, I thank you for Phil and creating this space and place for you and I think that's all that you desire for from us is that we create space for you and a daily appointment with you. And so I just praise you for for that. And again, just for Phil opening his heart, his hand and his home to spaces and places uh, for you. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would dwell in this place, that you would be our our breath, that you would be our inspiration. That is what breath is, that you would inspire us, that you would breathe into us uh, new wisdom and knowledge, especially during this season. And we give you all the praise and glory for that in Jesus' name. And so if you want to close your eyes or just find a soft gaze, we're going to inhale through the nose. And again, just take three cleansing breaths, which is inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth.
beautiful. Now we've created some space. We've gotten rid of some stuff. And now we're going to practice what we call ratio breathing. And it's a technique to really find some, some groundedness and centeredness and really just a chance to expand the exhalations. And so we can increase the inhalations, increase him as we exhale us. So I would just want to encourage you to exhale you and inhale him during this, this uh, practice, this pranayama practice or breathing practice, pranayama technique. So ratio is inhaling. Uh, let's just take for two breaths as an example, and then exhaling for double that. So exhaling four, and we'll do two and four and three and six. And so inhale through the nose for two counts and exhale for four, two, one. And we'll do each one three times. So inhale for two counts, exhale four, three, two, one. One last time, inhale for two and exhale you for four, three, two, one. Nice job. Let's try it with three and six. Inhale, three, two, one. Exhale out of the mouth for six, five, four, three, two, one. I know this one's a little bit more challenging. Inhale, three, two, one. Exhale, six, five, four, three, two. One, let's do that one last time. Inhale him, two, one, and exhale you for six, five, four, three, two, one. It takes longer to exhale us, doesn't it? It does. Not so long to inhale him. And it's calming. I love the, the connection, but then, yeah, when you can extend that exhale longer than the inhale. So Hopefully you're feeling a little centered, my friends, as we dive into this conversation. Uh, we invite you to continue to breathe throughout this time, not losing that breath. But Michelle, we're going to go a few different directions here, talking about Christianity and yoga and your story. So can you kind of just enter us a little bit into your story of coming to yoga, what it's meant to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like yoga really saved me. And, uh, you know, I've been dancing since I was really young. And so a lot of the stretches you see are really stretches I've actually been doing since I had those little ballet slippers on when I was five. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I started professionally dancing uh, in the NBA and the WNBA, our coach sort of required yoga a few times a week for injury prevention. And I just fell in love with it. It was sort of the natural organic thing. And I remember just being a downward facing dog one time. And, um, you know, a lot of yoga instructors say, say things that were in contrast to my Christian faith. I grew up in a Christian home and I've always loved Jesus and always knew that his spirit dwelled within. And so when I heard this one day specifically in downward facing dog that the universe was inside of me, I immediately said, you know, thank you, Lord, that I know that I have the wisdom that it's it's not the universe inside of me, but the creator of the universe. And I was just so grateful that I knew the creator of the universe as opposed to the created. And uh, from then on out, I really just started silently using yoga as a way to connect with him, as a way to meditate and pray. Because for the rest of that class, 
I continued to do the postures, but it was just really, it took great intention and great energy to divert my, my thoughts onto him based on what the instructor was saying. So, um, you know, he would later give me the gift of postures of prayer and yoga faith. So it wasn't such a, the energy wasn't, it didn't take such energy to focus on him because it was all about him. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a separation. So that's really how I started using forms and postures as a way to worship, as a moving meditation to connect with God and his Holy Spirit. So what is the invitation then that yoga holds for people of faith? Because I know some people listening to this might already practice yoga from like a yoga faith perspective. Some might be really unsure of it. So what's the invitation in this practice? The invitation of practicing yoga as a Christian really is to connect to the heart of God. It's really to find some stillness or some movement to hear and to worship. I think that so often we go to church on Sunday, we worship God, and then I don't know what happens, you know, Monday through Saturday, but in our moving meditation, whether that be yoga or Zumba or Tai Chi or whatever else it might be, just movement, I think that gives us an opportunity as Christ followers to magnify him, to glorify him. We see these scriptures like Acts 17, 28 and Mark 12, 34 and 5 and 6 and so many other scriptures that really just say, in him I move, in him I live. It's because of him that I exist and I breathe and I have my strength and I have my breath and you know, all of these things. And it really is a way that scripture can become tangible and relevant and that we can get closer to the heart of God. And then there's also those, those postures of stillness. You know, um, I really have, you know, my life's work is diving into the postures of prayer and, and being still and, and sitting. When we see these postures in the Bible, we see that people are saying, God, I'm ready. I'm, I'm willing to hear from you. I'm here. I'm surrendered. We, we see postures of kneeling and those are postures of, you know, just worship and awe and adoration. And I think as Christ followers, we are forgetting to magnify and glorify. And just as we started with our pranayama, inhaling him and exhaling us, we have a real issue with exhaling our pride and being humble before him. And some of these postures bring us back, get us back to our first love and give us humility and remind us who we're following, whose we are. And those postures of stillness can really allow us to hear from his Holy Spirit, which is a still small voice. It's not loud and it's not running after us. It's just, it's beckoning. And there's this invitation to be still and really truly hear what he has to say. So when we're still in some of these postures, and it was long before the word yoga was even created, you know, these postures, these forms, these postures of prayer and worship are in the Bible. And so uh, it's not, you know, necessarily yoga and when we come and we worship in some of these postures. Yeah, well, when we see them, I mean, I love you started to get into some of them about we see people kneeling, we see people standing, people prone, people in all these different positions in the Bible. And it's like their spirit is matching their body. And it just seems like in the West, especially, we've become all about our minds, right? And yoga yeah. is this invitation to be into our body again. Yeah. 
it's this beautiful time when it's everything sort of integrates. And that is the meaning of yoga, right? Yoke to, to unite. Um, so for people though, who would say, but I've heard that, um, the different postures are meant to worship other gods, right? Or I'm yoking myself to something else. What, what would you say to people to say there is a way to do this that worships Christ? It doesn't have to be something where you're letting a demon in, right? As some might say. Sure. So, so can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I'd love to. And I love that you use the word yoke because as Christians, we should intimately know this word we call yoking, that we do yoke our breath and our body and our mind to Christ. There are man's creation. It, we could use music. We could use wine. We could use lots of examples that says, that, that we see God taking these elements, these creations, we see music in the Bible. We see dancing in the Bible. We see naked dancing in the Bible, don't we? We could take these elements and say, man, look at what man is using these for. So certainly these postures and, of course, a systemized, uh, a systemized postures later on from, you know, as far as we can see, uh, maybe Pontanjali. We, we don't even know if that's a man or a group of people, but those are sort of what we first see as, as yoga, which was more of the mind and stilling the mind more so than the physical postures This kind of came, came later. But we, we certainly see a more systemized place where yoga was used or postures were used or even meditation were used for something other than God, capital G, uh, you know, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. So we can look at music and we say, wow, that's not being used to the glory of God. We can look at dancing and say, that doesn't look like anything like David danced. <laughs> and people are using all kinds of things and carved idols and even postures to worship the gods that we don't worship. And so again, just saying that yoga may not be for every Christian. Meditation is found in the Bible. Um, these techniques that we are using were first found in the Bible. And what we do at Yoga Faith is that we want to redeem. Our main mission is to redeem biblical principles that were first found in the Bible, first created by God, the God mm. that created the universe. And so meditation, chanting, all of these things are found in the Bible. Energy. Um, he created everything. And we believe as Christians, He is the creator of everything. And certainly all of these things, anything He created can be used by man to create or to worship uh, something other than the creator. And so that's, that's not for me to judge if somebody is using a posture or dancing to worship something or someone else. And I, I just wish it was more reciprocated that people wouldn't judge how I or other Christians choose to worship their maker, because really at the end of the day, that's between our maker and us. And, you know, instead of judging, instead of passing judgment, because there is also those scriptures in the Bible that if you judge, you will be judged also. So don't judge us, maybe just pray for us, right? Because we have found a way to connect with Christ. And we hope that you can also find a way to connect so intimately and so profoundly. 
and each one of us are going to be held accountable. We are going to face that judgment day. And I know in my knower that these forms, that these techniques, that this meditation found in scripture, that chanting and singing and worship and magnifying, those are things that God has called me to do maybe differently than what he has called other people to do. And, and I think at the end of our lives, you know, we, we're all going to have 7 billion different ways of interpreting scripture <laughs> and God's a big God. And, you know, I just think that there's, there's a big long index finger at, at the end of many Christians hands. And that's where I just say, we've got to find a way to be still and listen to the voice of God for ourselves. And if he calls us to bow down and worship him, in all spirit and truth, mind, body, spirit, and soul. That's how I interpret postures of prayer. And it may not be for everybody, and that's okay. I just pray that us as Christians get still long enough to hear the voice of God, because in this day and age, uh, we need to rise up and we need to be as loud and, and as visible as the minority out there. I love that. And I think that there's a lot of wisdom in saying, not everyone may come to this and that that's okay. We're not saying everyone needs to do yoga in the yoga faith way. But I know for me, my, my natural inclination is always toward the academic. So for as long as I've been into Bible and theology and those things, it's been, I study the Bible. I was trained to study it and know it in my head. Yeah. And I think what yoga has done for me and so especially for other people kind of in this line, you know, I come from a science background and what yoga has done is to say, I, I don't just exist in my mind, though. I do exist in my body. And what I've found is that as I as I stretch and as I try to challenge myself in different ways, I've just realized how still I get, how my mind wants to take over, but there is that still small voice in there trying to speak. And it really has just brought a different level of peace, a different level of understanding. I really do feel like I'm becoming more sensitive to the spirit's movement. And that isn't to say, oh, Phil, you've done it. It's to say that there are so many tools that can help us create that space. And so I would just encourage people to say, this is one way that creates space yeah. so well. Absolutely. I mean, that I think God just desires our heart and our time and setting an appointment with him. You know, we have 24 hours in a day. And how much time are we giving that to God? Because he can bless 10% more than the 90%. He can bless so little. And we just think we, we don't have time to be with him. And the, the opposite is true. We don't have time not to be with him. And just allowing him to bless maybe the first 10% or the first fruits of your day or whatever it is, but to really get our nose in his word, that is his word for us, that it is a spoken word for us. And you are right. You know, we are to learn the Bible. We are to learn Christ as the message translation says, learn Christ. And I've found too, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when I do something like just even a few postures or a very simple flow before entering into a time of prayer, I discover it's easier for me to be present to that prayer. It's almost the like, the centeringness of becoming present to what am I feeling and where? Let me just be here right now. I, I found it to be really a great um, prayer in and of itself, but also an introduction <laughs> to a time of prayer. So I, I, that might help some people. 
So we're talking a little bit here so so far still about what it does for our prayer life or our mind. Tell us about what yoga does for our bodies. I know one of the one of the phrases that'll stick with me is the issues are in the tissues. So can you mm. can you guide us through that a little bit? Yes, that is so true. And and even if it's not deep issues or complex trauma or any of these things that we are are seeing a lot of out there in the yoga world, it can just be frustration or anxiety or, you know, things that we don't say that get pressed down. Uh, All of these things go into our core. And so when we talk about postures or any physical activity really being just a release of these issues, a release of the things that didn't get said, a release of anxiety, Mm. um, you know, it, it moves beyond the physical activity, but with, with yoga, because it is such a, the reason it is so special is because yoga touches the mind, the body and the spirit, right? In our, in our gym classes, we see yoga, mind, body, spirit, right? But that Mm -hmm. is what sets it apart in, in some of these other physical exercises or kickboxing, uh, you know, you go in and you get the workout and that's great. But with yoga, whatever kind of style or class it is, it really is a a mind, body, and spirit exercise. And so we're able to find calmness. We're able to move uh, issues or trauma or anxiety through the body so it's not trapped, it's not stuck. We're able to find balance in the right and left hemispheres of the brain, the nervous system, the um, every system, really, the circulatory, the respiratory, the muscular, the skeletal, all of the systems, we find a balance in them. And so yoga is, is set apart from any other physical exercise because of the mind, body, spirit. And so when we add Christ in the center of that, which Christians shouldn't be taking him out of any activity, but when we keep him in the activity of practicing postures of prayer or a moving meditation, it is... Um, it is the greatest high, and uh, you know, just just trust me at that. I've had some, I've had lots of highs, and <laughs> that is the greatest high is is just is is being with the Holy Spirit, being in that secret place is what I call the greatest high. It's the eighth limb. It's the ecstasy. Yeah. So let's. It's the union. Your word yes. yoke. It's it's the union with Christ. That's what we achieve in in yoga faith anyway with the with the Christ factor. Yeah, I mean, and that's what happens when you move with your breath, as well as with your mind, centered on a scripture or on a prayer. Yeah, it just brings so much together. I've really felt those benefits. So what have been some of the, the as you continue to practice, what do you see as the benefits for you? What What is the thing that stands out to you the most, I guess, either when you started or even now that you've been doing it for so many years, what continues to happen for you as you engage Christ on the mat? That's a beautiful question. And I can say right now in this, in this season, especially with the the coronavirus going on. And I know many of your listeners will listen to this post coronavirus, but the lack of consistency in my, in my practice and my worship and my time with him. Oh boy, I'm starting to feel it because Mm. there isn't a consistency schedules are all off. Um, it, it's just like, I'm, I'm going a little bit crazy. You know, when I first said that yoga keeps me sane, it's true. If I, I can tell when I don't get on my mat, I can tell when I don't spend time with God. And so the, 
the I, I can say from the lack of, because I have been doing it for so many years, the lack of having that practice with him, um, you know, I'd start, it's starting to show, I get a little crankier faster. Um, I get a little bit more disrespectful to my husband, you know, some, some really bad things can come out of not having this thing that I'm used to of, of this whole body worship. And it, it is such a beautiful thing. And it is really hard to explain if people haven't experienced whole body worship, mind, body, spirit, breath, strength, all of that. But the beauty of, of making time for God, it, it's also a beautiful way to memorize scripture. You know, we do what we call a sun salutation um, to the Lord's prayer. Mm-hmm. So breathing in, hallowed be thy name, exhaling, you know, just giving us this day, our daily bread. I say, be our bread. I say, be the only thing that I need to consume today. And I just flow as I pray. And it is like I'm dancing in his grace. I am, I'm one with him. I'm dancing with him. Much like you said, it prepares your heart. It prepares you to be a lot more present. It's also, like I said, a beautiful way to memorize scripture. If you get a passage, you know, I love the Psalms or um, if you have, you know, TBI, a traumatic brain injury, or just have a bad memory, get a short Psalms, uh, have a little flow or a couple different postures. And it really helps you to memorize scripture as well. Yeah, I, I love that. I think, like you started to say, I think some of this we can talk about, but you're not going to really get it until you do it, right? Because again, this isn't something just in our minds. It's something you literally have to experience with your body. You can study it and know a lot about it, but until you do it, it doesn't have that same level of impact. And I've just discovered that sometimes in my practice, amazing things happen while I'm on the mat. But more often than not, just to be honest with a lot of people, it's not like something amazing is happening to me personally, always, while doing the practice. I'm in prayer, I'm in breath, but what I discover is when I leave the mat, I absolutely feel something different the rest of the day. When I'm at mm. work and I get that email, well, the thing I was breathing about in the practice that morning comes up in that moment. Or holding that difficult posture and praying in it, breathing into it, trusting God with it, all of a sudden when I'm in a difficult spot somewhere else, that training, that habit, that moment comes out then. And so sometimes it's on the mat. And so, I mean, this is just like prayer, right? It's like, well, I don't feel like I'm hearing from God, but I keep showing up. And then yeah. you see it coming out in other ways. And I just think that's part of the beauty is it's not just in your mind. It's literally going into your body. That's so awesome, Phil. Like, you know, I love talking to people who get it and you just get it. And the word says to be a doer of the word, right? Not just to read it, but apply it. And I think that is just, I couldn't have said it better. I should be interviewing you. Oh, no. <laughs> like to be, to be on our mats and to really know what the word says and, and to remember that time with God and what he said. And then we, that's, that's, that's what it is, not just taking it off the mat. It's taking it off the mat, but it's actually being a doer of the word. And something comes up, and I think that's that's what I'm feeling is, from a lack of practice, what what yoga does for me 
is instead of being reactive, I can take some some deep breaths. We always have an amazing opportunity to do deep pranayama through yeah. our day. Instead of saying it, how about praying about it before we say it? Pray it before we say it. That's that helmet of salvation. Just, you know, before it enters into my, my mouth and just pray it before I say it. So some of these techniques, this pranayama especially, um, taking time to actually do them and, and being a doer of the word because our flesh always, 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 always wants to take over. And I love that you can come back and say, or that you said that, you know, I can come back and go, you know, that's, that's what I heard on the mat. That's what I learned this morning, um, spending time with God. And no matter what we do, no matter what we do, it's just a matter of spending time with God. Mm. That's it. That's all he wants. Yeah. If the issues can live in the tissues, then so can God's word. So the spirit does as well. So can those uh, beautiful promises that God gives us. So share with us, do you have a favorite posture or a favorite sequence of postures and why? I love that. I have both. So I, there's a posture called intense side stretch. People uh, you know, call it other things, but it's really similar to a triangle shape, not to be confused with triangle um, the posture, but both legs are straight, both feet are facing the same direction. And then you hinge at the hips and you forward fold while keeping, um, both feet straight or both legs straight, I should say. And, um, you know, the final expression is the forehead to the knee and then the gazing at the navel. And you're just really in this kind of inner sacred space, much like a child's pose. You are kind of all tucked in and You've got a lot going on and engaged and you can hear your own breath, feel your own heartbeat. And I just, it's, it has amazing benefits. I mean, out of all the hundreds of postures this is by far my favorite posture. It has so many benefits and it really just is a cocooning with the Holy Spirit, I feel. And, um, you know, instead of literally gazing, I, I say navel gazing a lot when we, you know, we're always looking at ourselves, but really when I do navel gaze in this posture it is it is an inward gaze towards the holy spirit and i'm i'm literally breathing him in i'm asking him to come into all those all those issues in my tissues like come into every nook and cranny you know because you can really feel all your nooks and crannies in this posture and um you know in in the same light my favorite sequence is a, a hip opener it has six or seven different postures where you just really go into the hip from like downward facing dog lifting one leg to three-legged dog, bringing it all the way through into a low lunge, into a, a grasshopper. I usually do an arm balance there, flying grasshopper. Of course you do. And, and <laughs> then I come back and I do the splits. Then I come back into low lunge, into tabletop or down dog, and I release the hips that way. And then I go into the other side. So if you can imagine all of that hip work, you are almost like floating on cloud nine when you're done with that. And if you held, you know, five to seven breaths in each of those, wow, like really amazing. So that's my favorite posture, my favorite sequence. And yeah, it's just, they're all yummy. They're all yummy. <laughs> I don't see the splits in my future, but potentially someday <laughs> by God's grace. <laughs> well, your splits happen. don't have to look like my splits. I mean, that's I think right. you have, you know, 10 blocks, however many blocks you need and just yeah. actually sit on them so mm -hmm. that you're, you know, getting into that edge position of 
could could look more like a, a low lunge. But the fact is, is that you're breathing into those spaces and places. So this is all about the Holy Spirit coming in and releasing all of those tissues that are in the, the issues that are in the tissues that you talked about. Uh, yeah, I love that. You know, I want to highlight something you said, because you talked about being tucked in, being cocooned, right? And we have a lot of scripture about this, about God being our refuge, about God hemming us in in the Psalms. And mm. to me, you're getting at the the heart of it there to say, humans have always had these things that are sort of physical embodiments of a deeper truth, right? I mean, this is why people would use sackcloth and ashes, right? I mean, this is why people would put seat, seat, the prayer, the the tassels on their clothes. This is why God said, write it on your forehead, right? There was all these, always these physical embodiments of a deeper truth. And it's like all of our yoga poses have, or, or postures have an invitation to recognize what's going on at a deeper level. So since we got your favorites, what do you struggle with and what are you currently working on in your practice? If anything, or you, I think you just have them all. So it's just about getting deeper. (laughs) I mean, honestly, what I struggle with right now is getting on the mat. Okay. So that's like an all encompassing, you know, um, we're, we're doing a lot of virtual stuff right now for students and I have a lot of things coming at me to, to edit and to get uploaded. We did, you know, our summit with our leaders and it just seems like, gosh, I just need to get on. I need to do more of what I'm writing about more of what I'm editing videos about. I just need to go do it. And so the other day, and I can't wait to share this film. The other day I did a whole class, just, just came into my studio here and I used the headstand prop for an entire class and didn't do one headstand in it. I used it for everything else. And it was just, I I just went, oh, I felt, I felt so good that day that I could just come, you know, it's a floating child's pose on top of the mat. Like I just, it was, it was a, I hadn't worshiped like that in so long. And, uh, I want to also share that um, just because props can be so great in uh, allowing our body, our physical body to either rest or go deeper. And also just another amazing opportunity to connect with the heart of God as our bodies are doing one or the other. It's like, wow, Lord, you're causing me to go deeper and, or you're causing me to rest completely that I can just, yeah, we need rest, right? You know, I was just uh, reminded of that, that 400, actually, I think it's 492 years, not 500 years, but, you know, where, where um, people just strived and they kept striving and their land had no rest. And I was just thinking, can you imagine going 492 years without resting? You know, God says to rest. He tells us to rest. And we're just, we're no good without that rest. And one thing that this whole coronavirus has caused us to do is to rest, come back to basics, be with the people we love. Um, it's just been really great. So I think God is, is there's a shaking there and a, an awakening at the same, same time. Yeah, I found yoga flows to be very restful, even if they're intense, coming out in a more peaceful place. Tell us the benefits of being upside down and your oh. practice of being upside down. Yeah, I love being upside down. I just love it. Um, I've been in a few car accidents. So my chiropractor 
has told me to stay off my head. Um, and I say, oh my gosh, that's like telling a ballerina to stay off her toes. <laughs> and he says, you can, you can still do your handstands. And so I've just learned to honor, honor authority, <laughs> <laughs> honor, honor my neck. And, um, I think staying off of my head has, has been really great for my, like, I feel like I'm ready to be back on my head, but maybe not. I don't know. So it's also caused me to, um, be on my hands more and be upside down in that aspect. Um, you know, I do always recommend a headstand prop for people who love to decompress their spine and just be upside down because it makes it really easy for people to be upside down or hanging off the side of the mattress, but being upside down, unless you have an ailment like, you know, glaucoma or high or blood pressure, again, people usually know if they can be upside down, but having the head below the heart is really beneficial for our heart. It gives our heart a, a break. Um, it gives everything else a break because if you think about, you know, let's just say you live to be 80, 80 or 90, you're 80 or 90 years being on our feet. Can you imagine what our circulatory or our respiratory or our, our veins, how they feel having a break going the other way. It's also great. They say for wrinkles, which I, I do feel like the anti-aging process is either stopped or reversed. I kid you not from being upside down. Um, Everyone just went upside down. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's great. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, there's so many, there's so many benefits to being upside down. And even if it's a mild inversion where it's just your legs upside down, it's giving your, your circulatory system a break. It, it also is really great on the heart because it is a restorative mild inversion. Uh, it's great. Not that you have this problem, Phil, but for Veracruz veins, it's really great for those who have that. Um, but it just gives our systems a rest. It's also all really- of our systems. It's also really good for talking on the phone, right? It is talking on. It's like you have some inside information. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do. I t- I usually am upside down during phone calls because you know phone calls are five to ten minutes usually. You know, even longer. I I just stay upside down whether it's you know totally upside down or just like a down dog or dolphin. Um, yeah, it's good to get upside down. It is. That's awesome. Well, Michelle, as we come to the end of our time, um, talk to us about Yoga Faith. Just for anyone who may not know what it is, just tell us about it and tell us about the opportunities. Yeah, I, I thank you so much for asking. It's a ministry that obviously has changed me. Seven years ago, uh, we are in our seventh year, our Sabbath Woo-hoo. year in ministry here, right? Um, seven years ago, during a Daniel fast in January, God just really called me to to do this Christ-centered yoga school. And I already really kind of knew the stipulation um, that went with that. And I really kind of did go kicking and screaming for a good year and a half uh, because I really was fasting for a job um, you know, like a, like a real job, like a, you know, health insurance paycheck every two weeks, that kind of thing. And, you know, I just heard this and I, and I, it was really clear and I was just like, no, 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 no. And, um, you know, it was just, that's, that's the great thing about fasting is, is his voice is really clear. And we, we do that every January. So this was actually our second fast that we had done. Uh, we've done it ever since. And, uh, you know, the year before it was life changing. So we did it again. And here he calls me to do this Christian yoga school. 
And uh, we were in a really hard time in our marriage. We had just moved to a new place, uh, knew nobody. Um, we had sort of lost everything together. It was just in a really difficult time. I wasn't even sure if our marriage was going to make it. And it was a, it was a fairly new marriage. So uh, God called me to do it. And it, it was a lot of plowing. It's, it's still plowing, but it, during the Sabbath rest, God has told us to set the plow aside and he mm. is, has really blessed the plowing. And now we're seeing this harvest of souls, which is really the point of, of all of our work as Christians is winning souls to the kingdom. And so we're really seeing a harvest of souls and it, it's a deliverance ministry. People are getting healed in their mind and their body uh, in their spirits, and then it, it trick, trickles to their their home and their marriages and and everything else. And there's there's a lot of trauma out there, even spiritual trauma. And so, yoga faith uh, really allows people to. Um, some people use it as their church, you know, because they have had spiritual abuse. But um, what it does is it allows people to really take what's in the Bible throughout scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, and and find those those things that we've been talking about, finding times of stillness, finding, uh, hearing God's voice with that created space, learning how to breathe again, learning to breathe with God, learning to sit with God, learning to dance with God, learning what communion really and truly is, communion with God, that is ecstasy, to be one with God, to be yoked with Him, and to be yoked with others that he has placed in our life, the people for our lives. And so, you know, again, going back to that eighth limb and redeeming what ecstasy really is, this is ecstasy. This is being one with our maker. And so that's what Yoga Faith has shown me and has just been a gift to thousands around the world. Um, you know, we we certify people in, in yoga. We have a, a bunch of different... Um, specialty trainings such as meditation and nidra. It's one of my favorite trainings, by the way, is just, you know, everything we've been talking about, finding a way and finding tangible ways of, um, you know, quieting the cocktail party going on in our mind mm -hmm. and getting, getting our bodies and minds and spirits back to how God originally created them to be. And we have a prison ministry. We have children's, uh, we have our, our main 100 and 200 and three and 500 hour teacher training programs where people really dive deep into Christ and yoga techniques and how we can personally, as well as show other people how to redeem biblical principles for God's glory. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And where can people find you? So if they want to follow what you're doing personally, I mean, obviously at the Yoga Faith stuff, but some sure. classes, anything else, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, you know, I'm all on socials. Um, sometimes I'm more active than other <laughs> times. Uh, but yeah, on Instagram, you know, michelle.thelen, T-H-I-E-L-E-N. And of course, on Facebook, it's just Michelle Thielen. Um, I have michellethelen.com. But yeah, yogafaith.org is where you can find all of that great information. And if you're looking for a Yoga Faith class, there's a directory on there that people could locate a teacher, uh, hopefully near them. And if it's not near them, they could become one and uh, bring it to their community. But um, yeah, our YouTube channel is is a really great place to just enjoy free yoga faith classes. And we're also on SoundCloud, which we do free classes and meditations on there as well. A little bit more meditations, audio. 
on SoundCloud um, if people are interested in that as well or help helping to fall asleep and whatnot. Well, Michelle, leave us with a final word of encouragement. What might that be for people or a challenge? My words of encouragement is really just no matter where you are right now that, that God knows and he works everything out for his glory. Uh, there was a dark time and I almost wasn't here in the physical and I would have missed this amazing life that God called us to. And if he can use me, he can use you. And if he died just for you, it would have all been worth it. And you may have heard someone say that to you before, but I really want you to really truly believe that God loves you so much and he died for you to give you a life of freedom, a life of abundance, and there's nothing that you could ever do to separate from his love. And if it's time for you to come back to that first love, I just encourage you to humbly come to your knees and just ask him into your heart once again and to reignite the flame that he has set in your heart before time began because he is faithful. And that is the thing that I know at the end of any day is that God is faithful and his plans are good for you. And this is a promise, Psalms 138, 8. He says this, I am perfecting everything that concerns you. Mm. And so whether it feels good, looks good, or doesn't look good, or the bank account doesn't look good, he says in Psalms 138.8 that I am perfecting everything that concerns you. And I just want you to know that that is true and that you can take that to the bank and you can put it in your pipe and you can smoke it because it is true. It <laughs> is true. It is true. It is true. Got you preaching there at the end. Love it. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much. This has been a huge honor and blessing. I appreciate your time. Oh, man, you're so awesome, Phil. Thank you for having me and just love you, brother, and all that you're doing. Amen. Hey, friends, Phil here again. I just wanted to say thank you again for joining me for this episode where we got to hear from Michelle Phelan. I pray that you are blessed, challenged, and encouraged that you can find your breath. I encourage you to return to that ratio breathing. It's something wonderful that you can practice each day to become present to yourself, to God, and to this very moment that we get to live in. I encourage you to check out Yoga Faith. It is a place of great resources and great training if you are interested in that. We do lots of other interviews like these as well. So go through our podcast, check those out. There's a lot of people that are inspiring, challenging, and encouraging. And if you like this episode, it would be a huge blessing to us if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts that helps us reach more people with this ministry as we look to make space for the Holy Spirit. So friends, until next time, grace and peace be with you.